Hello, my name is Celia Bala, and welcome to the Sniff Station. In this episode, we will talk about some of the biggest mistakes that beginner candle makers and sometimes intermediate ones should avoid. We have been in the business for several years now and have always been asked by friends and family wanting to get into the business what advice we have for them. Instead of a list of what you must do, we want to share the pitfalls that we see time and time again other business owners make when dabbling in candle making. Here are the five biggest mistakes to avoid. Number one, selling without testing products. We spend months and months on research and development before releasing a product to our customers. Oftentimes, you will find us testing new wax and oil combination, new wax and new color dye combination, or new wax, oil, and dye combination. You see, candle making requires two basic materials, wax and wick. If you want to make it scented, then three basic materials, wax, wick, and oil. And if you make container candles, like we do, then that makes four, wax, wick, oil, and container. The more variable you have, the more that you have to test to make sure that when your customer buys your product, it is of high quality and safe for everyday use. Wax is the most important ingredient, of course. But did you know that there are hundreds of different types of waxes out there? The most common ones that you probably have heard of are paraffin, soy, coconut, palm, beeswax, or a blend, a combination of any of the ones I mentioned. You see, each type of wax has a different chemical composition or property. We like to tell our customers that waxes have different types of personalities. For example, some wax, some waxes do really well in lower temperature, while others can withstand high temperature, which makes them great candles during the summer months. Some waxes come as flakes, while others are in pastille form. What's a pastille form? Think dipping dots. They melt differently and cool differently. As candle makers, we like to know everything there is to know about the wax that we use. The next important part of this is the wick. It is the way that the wax gets used up and produces light. The wick should be the right fit for the type of wax, otherwise it can clog up and your candle will not burn as well. Wick sizes also come into play when you are making container candles. The wick should be the right size according to the size of the container that you're going to use. We mentioned oils. Well, we are going to have a whole podcast 
dedicated to oils. But for now, let's just say that adding oils to the wax is another layer of complication to how your candles burn. So knowing what type of oil and how much are key. And last but not least, the container. For businesses that make container candles, make sure that you use thick walled glass or aluminum. Never use wood or plastic. Number two, thinking that if you like it, your customers will. One of the common pitfalls I see all the time in product development is when product engineers fall in love with their project and they assume that since they love it, everyone else will. Well, hence the constant battle between sales and engineering department. The customers, they end up wanting something different than what the engineers design, and the salespeople are then stuck, quote unquote stuck, unless the product design or the product itself is reconfigured. This is true even in the candle making business. I especially see this in how candles are made when certain fragrances appeal very much to the candle maker and thinks it will be a bestseller. This is something common and this is where market research helps. So create a few batches and see how they do with customers. Sort of prototyping. If we go back to the engineer and the salesperson analogy, you want to get the customer's feedback before fully investing in this project. Number three pitfall. Pricing and excluding overhead in calculations. We very often see this question posed by many beginner candle makers. Even some intermediate ones still continue to struggle with this question. The problem we see is that many candle makers price their work too low, thinking that customers will not buy if the price is high. So how do you price your work? This is a basic concept taught in B-School and it's not really a secret, so here it is. You take the cost of raw materials or cost of goods, you add overhead and then you add your markup, whether it's 2x or 3x. For example, for every 8-ounce jar of soy candle you make, you need to ensure that included in the calculations are the 8-ounce jar, the cost of wax to fill the 8-ounce jar, the wick for the 8-ounce jar, the fragrance or essential oil, the cover for the jar, product label, and safety label. Now, this is where most people make a mistake. They take the cost and multiply by two or three, but what was missing from the calculation is the overhead. The electricity to make sure you can melt your wax or see what you are making. The time it took to make each candle, the time it took to store the candles before it was sold. So you have to account for storage, the space you needed to create the products, the amount you pay your employees for making the products and their benefits if you have employees. Overhead is a way of capturing the costs associated with making a product 
indirectly. So now the question becomes, what factor should I use? Well, the answer is not as straightforward. You have to calculate how much time it takes to make a batch and how often. Plus, you have to take into consideration that the cost of goods or raw materials increase every year. So, overhead factors can range between 25% and 75%. It all depends on how you are structured as a business. 25% could be for part time businesses with a small inventory and no employees, while 75% could be for full time businesses with a brick and mortar store and employees. The whole key? Efficiency in keeping your cost of goods low. So you take your cost of raw materials, then you multiply it by the factor that you have selected. And you add that to your cost of goods price, that is your cost. Then you mark up that cost to however much you are comfortable with. Number four, scaling up without knowing cost of goods. We already talked about how to price your candles, but do you know how much your raw materials cost? You might say yes right off the bat, but did you take into consideration the difference between buying at the supplier or manufacturer's retail price versus buying in bulk or wholesale? The difference could be the key to pricing your products competitively. In addition, shipping on these raw materials. Can also become more cost effective when buying in bulk. So check or ask your suppliers. Do the materials come from a different state? Having a local supplier is the best situation. In any case, make sure to include shipping in your calculation. Here's another tip from us try to batch your orders so you pay fewer shipping fees. It helps keep the costs down. Number five, having only one supplier for raw materials. This is a big risk, and we recommend finding more than one supplier for raw materials. Businesses come and go all the time, and you are not pervy to what is going on internally at your supplier's businesses. Be prepared to have another supplier if the main supplier you have, for some reason, closes the business or goes out of business. In addition to managing the risk, other suppliers may actually have new and better products that your current supplier does not have. So don't stick to one. Research and see what works best for your business. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. To recap, here are the five biggest mistakes to avoid. Number one, selling without testing your products. Number two, thinking that if you like it, your customers will. Number three, pricing and excluding overhead in calculations. 
Number four, scaling up without knowing cost of goods. And number five, having only one supplier for raw materials. We hope that this has been helpful. If you have any questions or comments about what we had shared today, feel free to email us at info at shopgreenpapaya.com. We may even answer some of the questions in a future episode. To learn more about our products, visit www.shopgreenpapaya.com. Thank you, and until next time.